Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Stories RPG. I am Daniel Hines, your storyteller today, and we are diving headfirst back into the pool that is Max Goodname and Starsworn. When last. Yay! <laughs> With us is Max, Corley, and Wallace Q. Wallace, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Let's start with uh, Corley this time. Hey guys, my name is Kelsey Deliani, but today I'm Corley Anders. I am easily spooked, but I'm excellent at healing and wards. Max Goodname is my heart song. I stand out because of my kind spirit. I dream of peace and harmony for all. My star sworn sign is the mother bear. I can turn into a magic grizzly. And I can raise a roll to protect someone once per game. All right. Those are the lines on Corley's sheet. Now, uh, Wallace Q. Wallace, give us your intro and give us the lines on your character sheet. Hey there, I'm Emily Auger. And today, as always, I'm Wallace Q. Wallace. I dream of developing my own spells. I can be talked into bad ideas, though. I can't stand bullies. Max Goodname is my best friend. I'm excellent at casting spells. And my star sworn sign, which is very cool, is the staring sentinel. It's a basilisk, and it grants me the freezing touch. It's extremely cool. I can use it to raise a roll once a game when someone else is being kind. All right, and Max could name himself. We also have Kelsey Deliani as Peeper. Everybody can't forget favorite. about okay, peepers. and in addition to Peeper, we have Max Goodname himself. Hi, I'm Nate Auger, and I play Max Goodname. I dream of being a hero of the realm. I'm excellent at sword fighting. I can't stand injustice. Wallace Q. Wallace is my best friend, and I once won the King's Tournament. Uh, my star sworn sign is the Raptured Knight. And I can encase myself in steely magic armor. And once per day, I can raise a roll to do something alone. All right. So these are our players' character sheets. If you want to play along, you can get the Star Sworn book at patreon.com slash stories RPG. And you can get all the free rules and character sheets and all that good stuff. Again, free at storiesrpg.com. That's S-T-O-R-I-E-S-R-P-G dot com. For all the free play-along material you could want, we, we'd love for you to play this game with us. And um, now, let's launch into the story. Woo! I just downloaded it, and I'm going to play at home now. Well, you're playing with us, but you can also play at home We're if you We're going to play twice. Nice. Last we left our heroes, you had been sent by the king to stop a dangerous star sworn calling himself the Radiant Lord. 
He has seized the mountain fortress of Bastion, one of the strongest fortresses in the realm. Uh, it's a city. It's a fortress all in one. And he has taken control. He's kicking out anybody who doesn't agree. He's taking all the food and valuables and calling it a tax. But really, he is just robbing people blind. And on top of all of that, you found out that he's trying to enact something called the Ascension that is going to use the ancient Astrotech cores running deep in the heart of the mountain. When you arrived, you were shot out of the sky, but thanks to some clever thinking and some amazing magic by Wallace Q. Wallace, Wizard at Large, you managed to do a gentle crash landing where you met your old friend Cass the Dwarf. Cass has guided you in the mountain and he has told you he can smuggle you into the city of Bastion on the ancient Dwarven elevator. And But first, you have to travel through the tunnels that are being patrolled the Radiant Lord has sent something into the tunnels to stop the dwarves. They haven't seen it yet, but it is a constant danger. And that's where we find you now. Deep under the mountain, by the light of Cass's torch, rumblings in the distance. You're not sure what they are, and you are on your way to the Dwarven Lift. All right. And this is a, a down elevator and not an up elevator. We're going farther, deeper into the earth. Nope. You are going up. Despite the name Lift. Did I say you're going down? No, you didn't. <laughs> and despite the name Ascension, we are going down. No, we're not. We're going up. <laughs> nope. So you are you are closer to the base of the mountain. You are in the Dwarven territories. They used to move goods from Bellwether to Bastion at the top of the mountain. And um, now they are the smugglers fighting against the Radiant Lord. And they have an elevator that goes up. And they are willing to smuggle you in so that you can help in the fight. It is, you know... Maybe midnight, a little after. There are five hours till dawn, which is when the ascension is going to happen. You're going to get up there and put a stop to it. You follow Cass through a series of tunnels. Some are so small you have to crawl on your hands and knees. Others are these great halls of smooth marble and gold. So vast your footsteps echo back again and again like an army is marching with you. Finally, Cass comes to a stone door set with crystals in the shape of a tree. He takes his, uh, his stubby finger and traces a pattern in the roots, and the door swings open on invisible hinges. And beyond is the most breathtaking room yet. It's this vaulting cathedral of crystal. It's a riot of spires, all frost white and translucent, erupting from every surface. It's like being on the inside of one of those geodes you see, everything glowing soft like moonlight. There's a slender stone bridge over the jagged spires. It leads from the door to an ancient lift on the far wall. Wow, it's so pretty in here. Cass nods. I would have built a, a bigger entranceway to this. I'm surprised we had to crawl to get to this giant room. Cass, uh, he nods at Corley and then shakes his head at Max. He says, oh, it wasn't, wasn't always like this, but something's been collapsing our tunnels. It's, uh, it's getting more and more dangerous to go out. It sounds like we have a journey for next time. Are they trying to trap you in? This is, uh, they're trying to trap us in, they're trying to root us out, and they're trying to find whatever they need at the heart of the mountain. I wonder if the crystal ballroom can act as a giant crystal ball to help us see into the future. Ooh. Definitely not. Did the dwarves think of that? Have they even tried? Cass says, we tried for a long time and it never worked, all right? Okay, cool. And then, in a more serious voice, he says, this is the shard stone span. It used to be a ceremonial lift for the ancient dwarves to visit the lords of Bastion. And now it's been reduced to a smuggler's ferry. Time wears even stone and makes fools of us all. We 
it? What does it make? It makes time and makes it fools out of us using it. Wait, what? I just because it used to be fancy and now we're smuggling with. It. Don't you know? Don't worry about it. It's fine. Okay, so I I know we heard some rumbling. I think we should go towards the sound. It's kind of just all around you generally. In this room, there's sort of only one path, and it's straight over the narrow bridge with the kind of jagged geode crystals on all sides of you. But you do notice uh, in the far wall, there is a single flower blooming out of the wall. It's like this deep red with these long, thin petals spread out in every direction like a star. Wow. Do you normally have flowers growing underground? Cass says there's no flowers underground. What about that one? <laughs> he can't see it. Only we can. Only the Starsworn can. No, he looks, and now that you pointed out, he says, wait a minute, that's that's not right. And the flower starts to quiver. And then from the center of the flower, there comes this thundering but high-pitched <laughs> wheezing sound. The petals whip back and forth, and the crystal around it shatters. Moonlit shards rain down across the room, and you see the flower is actually the nose of a giant mole. It shoulders into the room and thunders again. This time the mouth opens below the nose showing these jagged yellow fangs. It has this dirty gray fur and these long clawed hands for digging and ripping. And there on one shoulder, you see a constellation. This mole is giant because it is a star swarm. Oh, I was just about to ask if this mole is a star swarm. <laughs> yeah. Cass says, it's a star-nosed mole, and I recognize that constellation. That's the, uh, that's the lonely pitman. It's a, it's a miner of dwarven legend. This must be what the Radiant Lord sent to sniff us out. And even as he's saying that, the mole wheezes again, its nose curling and tasting at the air. And then it charges towards the span, claws tearing through the jagged crystals like it's loose dirt. Wait, so are these crystals like dangerous, or can we get over there? Um, the crystals all around you are very sharp. All right, shields on. Clink, 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 right, clink, clink, clink. In case you guys never seen one, here's what the moles look like. Is it in the chat? Yep. Yeah, that's what it looks like. All right. Oh, I don't like it. Yeah, it's creepy. That is right? a very spooky mole. It's amazing. You guys can Google that yeah, at home. Do look at- it's a star-nosed mole. The just the nose was peeking out, and that's how it was kind of sniffing everybody out. And then when it got wind of you guys, it burst through the cave. It is about the size of um, maybe half as big as your airship. It is colossal. And um, the stone and the rocks, the sharp crystal that you know would uh, mess you up pretty bad, doesn't seem to affect it at all. And it's making these thundering, wheezing noises and charging across you. And here we will start another drama clock. We need six turns, six successes. And who wants to go first? I want to help the star-sworn, star-nosed mole. Yep, so you remember from when you've dealt with other Star Sworn, especially the Locust Whale, that you have to kind of subdue it a little bit, and then you can sing the constellation free into the sky with your magic, Corley. I'm, I'm going to try to get the mole's attention, try to get him to stop charging and pay attention to me. All right. How are you going to do that? Well, the mole is charging right at us, which that's not what I want. Um, and his nose is terrifying. So... I would like to um, like calm him down. So I think we could do like a calming, um, like a like a calming spell, like a calming poem, uh, chant to see if we can help him to relax. All right, go Great. ahead. What do you have for lines for that? 
okay, well, I'm excellent at healing in wards. Um, I stand out because of my kind spirit, which is good because I want him to be nice and calm and I want to help him if we can. And um, Max's good name is my heart song and he's also being charged by this star mole. So I think it'd be good to protect him. All right. You throw up your hands trying to make a, a calming wave, a ward of soothing. Winds and sands and rains around. Calm the spirit, soothes abound. And go ahead and give me that roll. Are you guys looking? I'm yes, looking. Yeah, I'm looking. Okay. Ooh, it's great. fours across it's the board. Three fours. Three fours, four, four, four. It's a mixed success. Well, what I think happens is that he slows down like a lot, like a lot, a lot, but he still looks pretty upset. Yeah, he's charging right at you guys. He kind of stops and he kind of sniffs the air a second. You gotta, you buy a, a maybe 20 seconds of um, peace while he kind of figures it out and he kind of shakes his head clear. Um, Peeper takes the opportunity to jump ahead and try to save you. You know, Peeper loves you. He sees you're in danger. He jumps up and uh, flashes the mole with his powerful blinding eyes. But unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, the mole is already blind and uh, nothing happens. Peeper, make him nose blind. Poop, poop. Unfortunately, Peeper does not have that ability. Try flashing your nostrils. <laughs> Peeper's trying to flash his nostrils, but being a frogman, he doesn't really have big nostrils to flash, so nothing happens. Uh, who wants to go next? Excellent work, buddy. Good try. Poop, poop. All right, so the mole is still charging. He's sort of lumbering towards you now. This room is giant, and he's walking over these jagged crystals towards you. You're all on this sort of slender bridge, maybe 10 feet across that arches over the room. All right. Do something, Max. I want to. Um, So I'm going to run and charge myself at this mole. Uh, And when I get close, I'd like to uh, do a flip onto his back and tame him like a stallion. All right. I assume you're putting on your your magic armor for that. It doesn't hurt. Right, uh, so I guess I'll I'll put on that ma- magic armor. Um, does that give me uh, one? Yep, you get a you get a line for that, so that's one die. All right, and uh, dreaming of being a hero of the realm, I think applies, definitely. and definitely won won the king's tournament. I was on a horse doing that, so you you stand on the bridge, and this is just like being back uh, when you first learned to ride. You got a you got a creature lumbering towards you, out of control. This metal armor sort of rolls down your skin and you're encased. And then like the hero you are, you wait till it's close to the bridge and you leap onto it. So give me that roll. It's magnificent. Dub sixes, baby. Dub dub sixes. A three, a six, and a six. That is a resounding double success. Nice that accounts for two successes. I'm right riding this mole. You hit the double six. You flip onto this mole's back, and it rears in the air, scratching at the ceiling. It spins in place to try to get you off, but you uh, you have your knees locked. You've got these big, uh, with your metal hands now, you have these big handfuls of its dirty fur, and you are on this thing's back, whether it likes it or not. Oh, that's three successes. Three on the clock. Wallace Q. Wallace, you got this rampaging mole. Shards of crystal are still raining down. Cast is trying to protect you guys. Peeper's already given it his all. It's up to you now. Come on, Wallace. 
Wallace, you can do it. Blast some magic this way. I mean, he... But don't hit me. Okay, he can't see anything. I, I could do like a smell illusion. <laughs> well, you don't have to do an illusion. You also have other magic. That's just yeah, your you special just specialize. You do, you yeah, do a I, lot of other I know, stuff. but I'm not going to try to like sh- blast him with a magic missile while Max is on him and he's already confused. That's fine. Confused and frantic. So Be I a lot cooler if you did. Yep. We need to know what his what's going on, like why he's trying to get out. Like we know why, because Cass said that he's like a spy, right? He said he was a spy for the Ascension thing. Yep, the Radiant Lord. Uh, you guys heard the Radiant Lord has some control over Starsworn somehow, and um, also the Astrotech, and he has been sending this creature. They didn't know it was a creature; they knew it was something down to disrupt tunnels and try to collapse them and hunt out Cass and the others. And Cass also recognized the constellation, the Lonely Pitman. It's a dwarven constellation of a uh, dwarven miner who was lost in the tunnels deep beneath a mountain. So, you know, there's some of that constellation inside of this beast that's probably adding to its rampage. All right. But the beast also is is being controlled by by this. You know, it's not all his fault. We have to have some compassion. Right. This is similar to the whale who had the locust symbol and could fly right. and just was eating all the farms. It is a creature acting both on its own instinct mixed with the um the the instinct of the constellation that it has been ah. stuck with. Is this mole massive because of its star sworn power? You you believe so, yes. This is not a normal size mole, even in this mountain. The moles get big here, but not colossal like this. All right, so I'm going to try... So he's still like on a bunch of like shards of crystal, right? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to try to um, smooth out the crystal that he's on so that it's like a glassy surface, like ice that he can't get any like purchase on, and he's kind of slipping around, so it's harder to bucks, max off. Ooh, love that. Because Max is my best buddy, and because I'm excellent at casting spells, and because I like to develop new magic. Those all check out. You're trying something new, and it's magic, and Max is there, and you're trying to help him. So give us that roll. There we go. Pretty good. That's a five, a five, and a four. That is a mixed success. So what do we think happens on a mixed success here? What What do you get? Any ideas, Wallace? I have an idea. Wallace accidentally... Um, he does successfully make it smooth and slippery, but unfortunately, that's also not good for us because we are not uh, the the grippiest. So now we're we're also on a on a little slippery struggle. The mole could maybe take a spill, and Max could lose a heart. Would be a fair one, or your magic could be a little maybe a little more powerful than you thought, and um, you'd also turn the bridge you're standing on into a very slippery surface. Kind of a straight line. Which which would you guys rather? Telling the story together. What do you think? I think it would be cooler, like, imagination-wise, if everything was slippery and we're all kind of, like, wobbling around. I feel like that's, like, more So silly. you see, it starts under the mold. The crystals kind of melt and start to run like a candle wax into this shallow pool. But unfortunately, it follows the line of magic back to Wallace's uh, wand and the entire area between him and the mole and all around you guys. Um, you sort of melt into the skating rink and you're having trouble staying on the bridge now, the three of you. Cass, Corley, and Wallace. Poor Cass. Whoa, whoa, what'd you do? What are you doing? Oops, I slipped. And Peeper's giggling at us because he has little 
grippy feet and thinks it's funny that we're slipping around. <laughs> I imagine the he thinks uh, it's a joke. The mole is like spinning in like little slow circles, and I'm just going whoa. Yeah, the mole is trying to get footing. It's like a like a dog trying to run on a hardwood floor or. When you go down the stairs with socks on and it just slips, you know, it's one of those just very little traction. It's doing its best, but it's scrambling now. I, th- I think getting you up here with me so that you could sing to the, the mole is something that needs to happen. I probably have adventurer's rope. I could try to lasso throw you a connection and, and pull, pull you in. Sure. You're going to try to lasso her from the mole's back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty difficult shot, but I'm feeling lucky tonight. All right, Max, you hold on with your knees as this mole slips and slides underneath you and you take your rope and you hurl it towards the bridge so that your friends can maybe join you here on this very precarious perch. All right. I'm going to still be taking one for a hero, still taking one for um, being in my armor. I don't know if I should get any more than that for for this. Seems like a a pretty difficult role. I might just take the two. Does everybody agree that's fair? I think that's fair here. Yeah. Now you don't have a ton of experience with uh with lassoing and rope work. <laughs> Boom! Oh, <wow. laughs> Six Max is doing so good. Max, natural athlete, much like the harpoon last time. He throws the rope, and Corley, it drapes right across you. It, it hits you right across the shoulder, and you manage to snag a hold. Gotcha. Great. So you get the rope, and it's just in time, as you feel your feet slip up from underneath you, and Peeper goes from laughing to very worried as he realizes it's serious. Ooh. And you grab hold of the rope, and um, it pulls taut just before you smash into the jagged crystals below, and then you're out swinging over the smooth pool of crystals, and you swing out over the mole, and Max hauls you up, and you land in a heap behind him on the mole's back. Woo! Hey, welcome aboard. And the mole gives a hideous, snuffling wheeze of anger, and uh, its claws come down even harder, and it finally gets a little purchase underneath, and it looks like uh, it starts moving towards the wall. It looks like it's going to try to grind you guys against the jagged crystals of the wall to get you off its back, like a bear itching itself on a tree. Whoa, whoa. We're friendly here, buddy. And I start petting him behind his nose. Gently. Um, he he doesn't hate it, but he's still charging. We got uh, Wallace and Corley so, to go. So is there? there's like a pool like all the way to him. Can I just like slide down it like a slide? That'd be super cool if you could. You can certainly try. Okay. I'm going to try to do that with my hand out to try to use my star sworn power on him uh, to try to freeze him. Love that. So Wallace has the power to freeze creatures in place for a brief time, especially when she touches it with the hand that was struck with the constellation of the Staring Sentinel, the legendary basilisk in the sky. Wallace, I think that's a great move. You ready to roll for it? Yep. And I'm going to say the magic words that people have been saying for generations when they go down a slide. Whee! All right. Take a die for... Your star sworn power, take a die for excellent at casting spells. And you know what? I think take a die for being talked into bad ideas, because this certainly seems very risky. Oh. A five, so that's Ooh, a mixed a success. One, a five, and a one. We'll take the five, which is a mixed success. Ooh, I think you slide, and your aim is almost too good, and you slide right towards this thing's mouth, and it opens wide, 
and you manage to put a hand out and stop yourself from sliding right into its jaw. But you smell, it smells like worms and dirt. Its breath is heavy. Its nose is squirming under your hand. And uh, you lose a heart for banging into it. And if you don't resolve this soon, its next turn, it is going to try to eat you whole. (gasps) Oh, no. But it's frozen in place with you basically half in its mouth. Well, we have to use this moment to sing. I don't feel so much like singing right now, so maybe you can handle that. I want to sing to release the stars back into the sky. Let's hear that beautiful song. All right, Corley, this is something you are good at. It's peace and harmony. It's your kind spirit. And I think in, in the situation you set up, I think it's just those two for now. That's two dice. Let's watch them roll. Ooh. That is Nailed a six it. and a wow. four. That, that is a so scary. resounding success. You have succeeded the drama clock and um, you start to sing your beautiful song. Stars worn, stars worn, I set you free and skyward born. Stars worn, stars worn, I set you free and skyward born. Clutch roll. Kelsey, because we you. needed we needed that success, and we didn't have any backups on that at all. Because you already used. So the other I stuff. saved. I saved, saved Wallace, it. and I saved Max, and I saved Peeper. So Max, you got this thing. You got this thing buckled down. Wallace, you made it slippery, and you slid right in, and you froze it in place. And now Corley, with the help of Max on its back sings the song she learned from the lore mother to release the trap stars and as she's singing this constellation this dwarf emerges as a as a construct of starlight from the mole's back and he has this giant um sort of a pickaxe on one end and a sludge hammer on the other and he sort of raises it and he wants to swing it at max in front of him he's uh, angry at being released uh, much as the locust was, it's just dis- it's, he's disoriented. They don't really know what's going on, but you hear Cass yell something in Dwarvish, and the uh, the miner looks at Cass, and he says something again, and um, you know a little Dwarvish enough to know that he's saying something to the effect of uh, "Be free, brother, go in peace," and the miner, twinkling, disperses into stardust and floats up into the gems of the ceiling and disappears. And then, as you guys are sitting there. All at once, the mole turns back into a normal-sized oh, mole. No. Probably we have two people big on enough him. to fit, big enough to fit in your pocket, and you guys both fall ten feet uh, to land next to it on the smooth glass of the floor. Uh, it doesn't hurt that bad. You don't lose a heart or anything, but you do go whoop. You, the two of you, Corley and Max, land on either side of this little mole, who is once more just an innocent little creature and just gives you a little. Uh, give me a little. Give me a little baby mole sounds. They wheeze. <laughs> It wheezes, yeah. You know, you got to do it with your nose because it's the star nose one. That's pretty good, Nate. That's pretty good. Anyway, it just makes that kind of noise. And it seems to uh, it seems to look at you gratefully. If a creature with a star nose and a little mole face can look grateful. I, I pet him right behind his nose again and see if he likes it better now that he's teeny. He likes it much better now. He sneezes. Right. It's a cute sneeze, though. He gives a little sneeze. And then with what looks like a little wave of his paw, he turns and disappears back into his tunnel. Now much, much smaller and able to just disappear. Now wait, wait a second. Is that mole going to continue to undermine this this uh, cave? Or is this going <laughs> to... 
Uh, I don't even think he meant to do that pun, but no, he's not. Um, you have you have freed the mole from the Star Sworn, and that also frees it from the Radiant Lord's influence. Okay, perfect. Kelsey, do you know that song? Do you know that hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy? I know the um, <laughs> country song. I'm holy, 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 and I'm loving you. Emily's Perfect. thinking, Just moly, change holy moly, into- moly, 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 yeah, shrink moly, back to moly. size. Oh, moly. <laughs> the stars go back in the sky. Because that, yeah, that one's probably in public domain. Shout, molelluya, praise his moly name. You guys are joking and singing and Cass all of a sudden says, oh, oh man. He looks at his pocket watch. He says, uh, it's getting close to dawn. We don't have much time. We got to go. All right, let's book it. So you cross the rest of the span carefully because it's very slick now. And uh, you get into the lift and it's a very ornate lift. It could probably fit 20 people, but it's just uh, the four of you here. And um, Cass goes through some controls and it lurches up and you start a rumbling ride up through the heart of the mountain. The ride takes... Um, the better part of an hour. It's a long kind of slow minecart ride. And finally it comes to a stop. Cass checking his watch the whole time, fretting about it. It stops in a, in a stone basement, very obviously dwarven. And as you exit out and go up some stairs, you are in a dwarven temple to some ancient dwarven gods. And, um, Cass turns and says, uh, this is where I leave you guys. I got to go back down and, uh, and help the young ones and see what we can do about the Astrotech. You guys can handle the Radiant Lord? I hope so. I mean, definitely yes. Together we can handle anything. That's right, Coralie. Is he going to be like, he can't be like a lot harder than that big mole, right? How much harder can he be? Well, I guess uh, I guess you guys will see. But, you know, you, you, you bested the mole and you bested the Silent Knight. I am pretty sure you can handle anything. <laughs> pull, pull. You too, Peeper. I, I only just met you, but you're my you're my my favorite frogman, Peeper. <laughs> he pats Peeper again, and you guys come up through the temple basement, and coming out the front door, you find you're at the rear of a giant crowd. It seems like nearly everyone in Bastion has been corralled into the town square. The uh, there's the first faint glow of the sunrise on the horizon. There, you see. The Radiant Lord's drones, and there's these thugs. He has these armored guards, and they're all kind of corralling this crowd into the square. It seems like this isn't an optional event. Everybody is there, and you uh, you get it to witness the Ascension. That's what everybody's talking about. They've all been gathered to witness the Ascension. You guys are at the back of this thick crowd. There is a stage um, sort of in the center. It's a beautiful stage all flowing silks and there's these furled up banners waiting to drop and it's um just this beautiful raised stage sort of in the center of the town square and heralds begin to play a haunting music and a swirling portal opens up and uh one of the heralds cries out in this kind of resounding voice all kneel for the radiant lord i do not kneel and at once A figure starts to step out of the portal and all the banners unfurl. They fall down, giant banners, 20, 30 feet high, just as wide, and they are pitch black banners. And in the center, starting from the top and going to the center is a falling star, a pink falling star. Uh, What? And stepping out of the portal, glowing bright in the dawning sun, 
His body crackling with power is Parlo the Pink, the Radiant Lord. (gasps) And he holds up his hand and pink energy flows down his arms. And one by one, the crowd kneels before him. I did not see that one coming. And that's where we're going to leave it. Everybody, thanks for listening to another episode of Stories RPG, the Star Sworn game. And if you want to play along at home, you know, we'd really love that. We'd love for you to use the system and play the game. And to that end, everything is free. Just check out storiesrpg.com and you can find all the resources there to get started, some intro adventures, character sheets, the rules to the game, all the stuff you need to tell stories with your family. And if you want to sort of the play along game books, we got coloring pages in there and other stuff like that. You can go to um, storiesrpg.com under the download section and under the books section, we have some different stuff. And also if you go to patreon.com slash storiesrpg, there's all kinds of stuff there. You can get physical books and everything else really affordably. We want everybody to play this. So uh, yeah, check it all out. And if you do play with your family, uh, let us know how it goes and let us know how we can make it easier for you to play. I really hope you enjoy it. And thanks for listening.